ladies. Welcome to the Virtue Podcast. My name is Debbie Perkins, and I want to talk with you today about something that many of us have experienced at some point, either in ministry or in our daily routine as we walk with the Lord. And that thing is burnout. I think we all have a pretty good idea of what burnout is. The definition when I looked it up says burnout is a form of exhaustion caused by constantly feeling swamped, a result of excessive or prolonged emotional, physical, and mental stress. Burnout happens when you're overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to keep up with life's incessant demands. Wow. So how does that look in our spiritual lives? Well, have you ever felt discontent, overwhelmed, or exhausted when serving in ministry? Or feeling like God is far off in the distance and you can barely hear his voice lately, if at all? Has there been a time when going to church or Bible study feels more like a chore and it's just easier not to go, and you've realized it's been weeks or longer since you even picked up your Bible, when you used to be on fire for the Lord, and now that fire and joy that once fueled you seems to have fizzled and quite possibly has been replaced with bitterness? If you felt this way, then you've definitely experienced burnout, being spiritually drained. And it's a hard place to be, isn't it? We know that what we do for the Lord is good, and we long to have that fire and passion back, yet somehow it feels out of reach. And as we go through each day living for the Lord and serving Him, there are a few things that can happen along the way that bring us to this place of being burnt out. And it doesn't matter what season we're in. Burnout can find us. As women of God, we're called to carry out many things in our service to the Lord. And as women in general— We tend to take on quite a bit more in addition to the normal, day-to-day things that make up godly living, and that can certainly take its toll. But thankfully, there are some simple biblical principles we can apply to avoid this pitfall. Like finding our rest in Jesus, I've learned that I need to make time to rest in the Lord every day, to spend time with Him and be refreshed by His Word. One writer puts it this way, Without rest, our mind and body are unable to function the way they were designed. We become unhealthy as our bodies go into chaos, attempting to simply survive. The same goes for the rest that Jesus provides. Without it, we begin to lean on ourselves and away from Jesus, driving our bodies and minds to exhaustion. She goes on to say, Resting in Jesus is more than just a physical halt from activity. It's something we're called to tap into at all times, allowing him to pour into us and work through us at all times. It's laying everything down at his feet and trusting that he will and already has done the work. All we need to offer is our obedience. So true. Jesus literally invites us to that time of rest in him, to release the burdens of the day to his care. And in turn, he refreshes our souls. He strengthens us and equips us to carry out the things we're called to do. In Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Part of resting in Jesus is abiding in him. This means to stay or remain in the Lord. In John 15, Jesus tells us that he is the vine and we are the branches. He says, He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. 
I'm reminded and encouraged that in all I do in serving the Lord, I'm completely dependent on Jesus, and he'll give me everything I need. Being disconnected from the vine, I become dry or useless, and it feels like I'm doing everything in vain. As we spend this much-needed time with Jesus and in our Bibles, we're strengthened through Scripture, reminded that He is Creator and Lord, and that every burden, every fear, every worry of the day is so small compared to the power that He has over it. We're encouraged by the promises He has for each and every one of us who put our trust in Him, like Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Or Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And in Romans 8.37 and 38, it says, Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. And Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Reading our Bibles, meditating on His Word, spending time in prayer, allowing Him to settle us and prepare us for the day ahead, let's be sure that this is at the top of our daily to-do list. You know, I grew up in the South where everything just naturally moved slower. Uh, The pace of life, how everyone spoke, that slow Southern drawl and sipping iced tea, sweet iced tea on the porch with friends. And I don't know if this is a Southern thing or maybe it was just the thing back then, but if you were a child in the 70s, you likely remember sun tea where... We would fill up a large glass jar with water and sugar, definitely lots of sugar if you're in the South, and tea bags. And then we'd find that perfect spot out in the yard and let that lidded jar sit for hours in the sun. At the end of the day, pouring that sun-brewed tea into an ice-filled glass on a hot summer day was heavenly. But in that slow-paced, sun-tea-brewing place, I was the opposite. I walked fast, I talked fast, and I didn't sip my iced tea. I guzzled it. Not very Southern after all, I guess. I was always in a hurry to get to the next thing. But I had to learn, and I'm still learning, to slow down. I was always too far ahead and missing so much on the way. And sometimes it still feels like I move at breakneck speed throughout the day, but the time that I set aside to spend with the Lord and to read and pray and listen at His feet has easily become a place where time slows down. Sometimes in doing the work of the Lord with best intentions, we can get ahead of Him, ahead of His timing, but He is so patient, isn't He? Always beckoning to us, calling us to slow down and get back in step with Him. Oftentimes, to hear his voice, we just need to stop, stop talking, stop moving, and just sit and rest in his presence. It's amazing how starting our day that way in the quiet stillness of the morning can set the pace of our hearts for the day. Oh, the world around us and the day ahead of us may not be slowing down. We go to school or to work or to church. We're raising our families, homeschooling or dropping kids off and picking them up from school, running a marathon, or at least it feels like it, serving in ministry, meeting a girlfriend for coffee or meeting deadlines. There are things to be done, people to see and places to go. But when we're abiding in Him and leaning into Him, we see Him in all the details of our commitments. We watch Him work in and through those details. 
Another important thing to recognize is that God has made it possible to do everything he's called us to by relying on him. We can't do it in our own strength, and we're not expected to. Ephesians 6.10 says to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And in Isaiah 40, it says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Through the Holy Spirit, God makes it possible for us to do what feels like the impossible. We just finished a very rich study in the book of Acts where we witnessed ordinary people do some extraordinary things by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Philippians, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in Zechariah 4, God declares that it's not by human might or power, but by his spirit that the mighty work of the Lord will be done. We can do nothing without Jesus and the helper he sent to us, his Holy Spirit. When we try to do it without him, it's not long before it feels like too much. Whatever he's called us to do, he equips us for the task. Our call to serve in ministry, to raise our children, to be helpers to our husbands, to pour into the lives of others, to lead, to mentor, to work, to learn. God equips us for all of it. For we are God's masterpiece, Ephesians 2.10 tells us. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. That's Hebrews 13.21. Okay, how about this one? We're not meant to do it all alone. Yes, we tap into God's strength to do what he's called us to do, but he also gives us community to help us fulfill that calling. We need not do it all. We need not do it alone. Sometimes we need others to come alongside us for support, encouragement, and practical help. Their help is certainly a blessing to us, but it also allows them to use gifts God has given them for his purposes. Let's be willing to accept help from our sisters, ladies, or even ask for it. This is one of the beautiful things about being in community with others. And many of you have found this wonderful community in your small groups. Let's be mindful not to take on things he's calling someone else to do. We're so willing to take on more, but that may not always be God's plan. He's given each one of us gifts and talents, all of us working together to accomplish his will. Moses learned this well when he followed the wise advice of his father-in-law to appoint others to carry out tasks he was trying to do on his own as he led the children of Israel. And I like the way one writer put it. He says, God charged Moses with leadership, not with performing every duty. The apostles took this principle to heart as well. In Acts chapter 6, we read of an account where the apostles determined it would be wise that some men in the church be appointed to serve the needs of the people and help bear the burden of ministry. And we follow this model in church even now. Could you imagine if Pastor Greg had to be the personal and only pastor, teacher, evangelist, counselor, encourager, Bible study leader, and friend, and minister to every person in the congregation all on his own? He already is these things, but wow, to do it by himself? Talk about burnout. 
But God has raised up men and women in the church to help do all of these things and more. And our pastor can more effectively carry out what God has specifically called him to do for the kingdom and lead many lost souls to Jesus. We're told in Scripture to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, and that we have many members in one body, but all the members don't have the same function. When we try to do more than what God intended, or something that He never intended to be done by us in the first place, that can quickly lead to burnout. So how do we keep from getting burnt out in our walk with the Lord? Practically, what does that look like? Well, here are a few of the things we just talked about summed up into five points. Rest in Jesus and be refreshed and spend time in the Word of God. Rely on the power and strength of the Holy Spirit and resist the temptation to do it in our own strength. Remember that God will equip us in the calling He's given us. Receive the gift of community to help carry the load. Discern when it's the Lord calling us to something or when His answer is no because maybe it's for someone else to do. Okay, so what if you're already feeling burnt out? What now? How can you change that? Here are just a couple of things that I would encourage you to do. First, pray and reevaluate. Stop everything and go directly to God. Matthew 6.33 says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. We need to pray and reevaluate what's in front of us. Ask God to make it clear what he's asking us to do and what things are distractions that need to be set aside for another time or for another person to take on. Ask him to help us work through the schedules we've set for ourselves and then allow him access into every area of our lives, work, school, family, ministry. His plans for us are good. Give him reign over your schedule. Psalm 127.1 tells us, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. As we reevaluate the things we've filled our schedules with, we must prayerfully consider what stays and what goes. Are there things you've added to your plate or something you've allowed into your life that's weighing you down, causing everything else to feel like a burden, making it difficult to run the race? Hebrews 12 exhorts us to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Maybe you need clear direction on how to prioritize your schedule. Is it too full or is it out of balance? Are you saying yes to too many things? I read this in one of Kathy Laurie's recent blog posts. She says, Don't you want to be able to lay your head on your pillow at night and know you've done the work God had appointed for you that day? Unfortunately, where I often go wrong, she writes, is in my failure to consult with my Heavenly Father first before I make commitments. There will never be enough time to do all the things others would ask me to do or even all the things my own desires would have me do. But I can be confident that the 24 hours I have every day will be sufficient to accomplish the good plan God has for me. Amen. Second, worship the Lord. Spending time in worship always seems to bring my thoughts back into focus and right perspective. No matter how busy life gets, no matter how much I have to do and how stretched thin I become, there's nothing like a good worship song to help turn my eyes upward and settle my soul, to shift my thoughts about myself and my busy life, to being reminded about God's goodness and God's faithfulness. And of course, we can do this anytime, anywhere. 
in church on Sundays, in the car, in our homes, on our walks, even while we're doing the very things that make our lives so busy. David is a great example of worshiping the Lord at all times. Look at the Psalms. Whether he was rejoicing in victory or hiding from his enemies, he rightly praised God and recognized God's sovereignty in the middle of every circumstance. Third, wait on the Lord. And ladies, stay in fellowship. It's interesting what can happen when we start to feel overwhelmed and overloaded. We assume the obvious response is to remove the things that seem to take up time. And that might seem like an area where you're serving the Lord, but it may not be about trimming down your schedule. So don't be too hasty to start taking things off of that plate without first taking it to God and seeking His will for all of it. There certainly are times when God may call you out of one area of ministry and lead you into another. Or maybe you're serving in multiple areas and God is calling you to full-time service in one specific ministry. The key is following where God leads and not holding on or letting go for the wrong reasons. Don't let your exhaustion or your emotions lead the charge. Don't make a snap judgment call to drop ministry or Bible study or church worship or fellowship with other believers to free up your time. That's a strategy the enemy will use to draw you further away from the things and people of God. You may not have to let go of anything at all. It may not be the number of things on your plate, but the fact that you're running on empty trying to accomplish your to-do list in your own strength. When life gets hard, when it seems there isn't enough time in the day to do it all and we're just flat out exhausted, the solution to being filled up spiritually and drawing nearer to God isn't to take a step back from ministry and from fellowship with other believers. It's in the difficult times that we need community more than ever. It's in the running ourselves ragged times that we don't need to stop being about our father's business but we just need to rethink the way we're carrying out his business. Are you doing what he called you to do? Then keep doing that until God says to stop. But rest in him. Allow him to pour into you and fill you up so that you can keep moving forward in that calling, keep running that race, slow and steady, being refreshed. And then fourth, and this is my last point today, ladies, get back to daily time with God. It's probably safe to assume if you're in this place of complete burnout, time with God on any kind of regular basis has probably gotten away from you. So I challenge you to change up your routine and make intentional time for Jesus in your daily schedule. Morning, afternoon, evening, whenever. 1 Chronicles 16.11 says, Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His presence continually. You may not see how to do this right away, so pray and ask God to help you do that. He'll be faithful to open up time and space because he longs for that time with you too. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. One thing that brings the chaos of my life into order is my time spent with Jesus every single day by giving it all to him and asking him to help me see the purpose in everything I'm doing. All of our to-dos are potential for ministry. They're springboards to shining our light for Jesus and bringing glory to God. From time to time, I do an inventory of all that's on my plate, so to speak. Lay it all out before him, and I ask for his guidance. I listen for his voice. Is this where you want me, Lord? Am I in the center of your will or veering a little off course? Have I run ahead of you and your plan Or am I falling behind and away from you because I'm distracted by other things? What am I carrying that you never intended for me to carry? 
My prayer is that you and I will so easily hear the voice of his Holy Spirit gently keeping us on that straight path and that at the first sign of being overwhelmed or burnt out or feeling spiritually drained, we wouldn't bail on the things God has called us to, but that we would press in, press on, and clearly see the distractions that we should be laying aside, freeing up time and energy to focus on those that God has placed in our lives to lead and to love and to pour into. I pray each and every day you would find yourself filling up on the things of Jesus so that you can keep pouring into others and running this race with endurance. Let's pray. Lord, we recognize that there is nothing you would give us to do for your kingdom that you won't also equip us for, that we can't do it on our own. We need you. I pray that we would not forget to lean into you and allow you to strengthen us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. And in every area where we've grown weary, I pray you would help us find the rest and refreshment we need in you, and that you would reignite that fire inside of us to go the distance for Jesus. For every woman listening, I pray you would meet her right where she is, bless her, and meet her every need. In Jesus' name, amen.